Mo Miller. Mo Miller had to call in. Ah, oh, thank you, Sousa. Sousa, what's up? Where's uh, where's Brian? Didn't Brian say he was going to be on this? Is does Brian does Brian do the podcast anymore? Is Brian alive? Did Brian die from COVID? The fuck is going on with that guy? Oh shit! Oh shit! I swear to God, guys, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just speculating that you died of COVID. That's incredible. What? <laughs> oh Miller. Oh Miller had to call in. Oh, hey. Susan, what's up? Where's uh, Brian? Where's Brian? Didn't Brian say he was going to be on this? Is, does Brian does Brian do the podcast anymore? Oh, Brian, Brian Brian's listen Brian's listening to the YouTube. What the fuck is going on with that guy? He's catching up with the show. He's a few minutes behind us. I can hear him listening to the YouTube. Do the podcast with me. I'm ready. Some guy named Dude, on what the fuck is your name even? Look at that name. You got like some line over the R and some line over the Z. I just like, my team's great. Brian, Matt. There can only be one dude with a fucked up name. That's me. Boom, your wish is granted. I know, isn't that awesome? What did you do? How did you get Brian on here? Every time I get notifications for the Sevon podcast, I stop everything I'm listening to and hop on. Great show. Thank you, Batman. Never gets old. Chat room mourns as Brian Friend returns to the podcast. Mourns? No, celebrates. The chat room's not mourning. What are you guys talking about? Brian, what's up? So, uh, someone uncanceled me this morning. That was nice. Who, what do you mean? How does that happen? I don't know. I put up a <clears throat> post that I thought was very sad about a woman named Rachel Vonderack who represents the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. Yeah. And she was denied... Her, her, no, her invitation to compete in a Spartan race was rescinded because she was part of the army, not the air force. And I thought that was despicable. I happen to know her. She's an incredible person, great athlete, and obviously good, um, American, doing a lot of service. And they didn't invite her because she's part of the army, not the air force. And I thought that was bad. And someone thought that was a cause to uncancel me. Oh. Wow, you're coming in good. This is a good story. So can I – I want to ask you some questions about the story. So, so there, Spartan Race has a race for military people, but if you're in the Army, you can't do it? That's like one of the branches they exclude? Um, I don't know all the details. I just saw it on her Instagram that she had been invited, and then it was rescinded, and the reason they gave her was that she was part of the Army, and they don't support the Army, I guess. They only support the Air Force. That's what it seemed like at least. Yeah, something's weird with that story. But either way, be, because someone because you stood up for a woman, you got uncanceled because of the fact of earlier in the week you had quest, you had not questioned, you had made a awesome awesome article talking about who's the best crossfitter of all time. Yeah, hey, did that, and you know I was go ahead. I was actually was shocked because there was only one person that I saw who actually used the word cancel. Mm-hmm. with association to my name and it was a guy we've had on the podcast before that i thought we had a great relationship with luke de Jong. he canceled me <laughs> i'm not sure i even know who luke de Jong is what is, is he the young australian guy with the afro oh that dude yeah that dude oh shit what did he say 
He said, fuck you for even thinking that Matt's as good as Tia. Is that the premise? Like, hey, you're so, you are so stupid to even think Matt is comparable to Tia that that must mean you're sexist? Is that, is that the, I'm trying to figure out what the argument is. Someone explain it to me. Do you guys understand that's why – that's how you know you're trapped in your head when the rest of us out here in the outside world don't understand what you're, like, what you're doing? Because what you're doing is, is you're responding to your own – your own dialogue, your own mis, mis, misconception. So weird. Vellner. What's up? Hey, dude. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It's not, it's not, it's, dude, it was crazy. I haven't talked to Brian in three weeks. I didn't even know if he's coming on the show. And it was kind of nice. I, I, may, I didn't believe in God before this happened, but then you were kind of, you, while you switched, Brian and I got to kind of rekindle our friendship. It was so weird. It was like wow, mental. Brian, happen. you should, uh, well, I thought you meant that he made you believe in God just with what he was saying. I was like, well, I'll have to get the no. spark notes on that one. No, that made me – what he actually was saying made me hate all of humanity. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty common thought these days. So could have been anything. He could have said anything. Patrick, in, two, in 2018, um, when <clears throat> I was fucking slapped down and was told I couldn't do the behind the scenes, I think maybe you texted me. And you said, dude, where are Probably. you? Probably. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've made an effort to reach out to most of the people that I knew on the media team and just say like, hey, heard about everything. Like, sorry about that. Hope you guys are doing all right. And like, if you need anything from any of, from like me or any other athletes, let us know. But I try to do things like that. I feel like it's yeah. nice. It I think really that we cool. rely a little bit on each other. It's a, it's a you know, it's an ecosystem. So <clears throat> I think that for us to be successful, we need to have media around and, and you guys tell really great stories. So I've definitely always appreciated that. So I try to, yeah, I try to behave accordingly. I, I was touched. I was sitting on the couch. I didn't even, I, I was in Madison. I was in the house sitting on the couch, kind of watching the games on the TV. So depressed. I had all my camera gear there. I was ready to do the behind the scenes. And all of a sudden I was told that, that I couldn't do it. And I was fucking devastated. And I'm pretty sure you reached out to me and said, "Hey, dude, where are you? What's up? Are we? Do, are you going to do the behind the scenes this year?" And I was fucking really touched. I think maybe you were the only person. You know what? Actually, I think maybe Matt may have reached out to me too and been like, "Dude, where the fuck are you? Is your annoying ass?" And was that 2018 or 20? Yeah, 2018. What What made me think about that is I was walking by my um like the entrance to my house this morning and I saw this hat and I picked it up and I put it on. Can you see this hat right here? Not really well. Let me see but if I can move it you're up like, closer. Uh, you're like an 8-bit. Oh, I like yeah. the haircut, though. Thank you. Okay, Thank yeah. You. I, have, I have cancer. Well, I mean, you're making it look good. <laughs> do, you, do you see it's a guy holding a suitcase? Yeah, it looks like he's got some headgear on, maybe a body cast or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bell, it's, a, it's a bellman carrying it like bags. And two oh, of my okay. staff oh, that, um, like- that had worked for me for like, probably 10 years and bought that to me and dropped it off at the house that I was um, in because they said, that's what I've been reduced to. I went from media director to just some dude who carries Greg Glassman's bags and they bought that hat for me. (laughs) Talk about kicking a guy while he's down. I was going to say a little bit of a backhand there. How did that feel? Yeah. I was like, and then I found out and then I found, and then when I was going through the accounting for the month, I found out that not only did they buy this for me to make fun of me, but then they charged it to uh, CrossFit Inc. and and they got reimbursed. So it wasn't even a. 
a gift that hey it's the thought that counts though right they, somebody bought you a gift because they were thinking about you and they said, hey, this is a tough time for Savan. Things are changing. It's turbulent. I think he'll appreciate the humor in this hat. And you did. Yeah, I did. I, I did try to cancel them, though, for that behavior, but couldn't. That didn't exist back then. It, it didn't? No. Uh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. The internet existed. It certainly did. People bitching I, on the um, internet is, is, is as old as 1990. <clears throat> Savan, Brian, you know they all, that same uh, week they they uh, canceled the podcast we were going to do at the games that year. Yeah, they, everything got Greg, fucking probably. destroyed. Yeah, everything got destroyed. Um, is that? Go ahead, Pat. I was just saying this is 2018, right? I just want to make sure I'm, I know what year we're talking about before I speak too much. Okay. Yeah, 2018. That's the one where the game, the 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 a documentary, the documentary that we made that year is still. I think that it's coming out soon, or it's come out. I know people have seen rough drafts of that. Rough yeah, drafts, I've seen rough draft of it. I think it's done. It's done. I think now, other than maybe just some small editing pieces, but I think it's done. Um, Did you, you oh, saw yeah. rough draft two, Velner? Yeah, uh, Tyson and Mariah sent me a. Just like a like a twenty four hour link to watch it with Michelle and um, just sort of like I think it was basically done. They kind of said, "Hey, you can have a look." Um, normally, we'd ask for like thoughts and things like that, but like it's already done, so don't even bother. <laughs> but uh, they just kind of said, "Yeah, it's like an early sneak peek. We could have a we could have a look at it." So, yeah, it's Brian, cool. have I, you I mean, seen I think it? it? Talks a bit about some of that stuff going on, like you're saying, how twenty eighteen the hammer kind of dropped on a few things and. It was like right in that preparation for change phase where everyone was kind of like, all right, we're going to get through this games and then things are going to be, there's going to be a drastic shift. So they talk a bit about that. And, and I'm sure they gave me a huge producer credit in that movie since I produced it. I'm sure, I'm sure that they had integrity and honor and. Um, I'm sure you were credit number one. Yes. yes. But I, that said, I usually don't, I don't watch the credits, so I don't know. Um, did you, did you have a good role in that movie? Uh, I'm in it. I'm hard to miss because I clowned around a bit that year, falling off cargo nets and chasing plates across the floor. So I think it's hard to tell the story without some of those things. Yeah. Um, so as usual, I have some fun moments in it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, I don't know, you'd have to watch it. I I don't, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil the ending. Pat, I've been hesitant to ask you, but you and you and Matt, planned that right you guys like if we both fall off this net we'll get a ton of media attention for the years to come right i mean that's been the gift that keeps on giving for sure (laughs) i wish i could say that we did plan that but no we're just a couple of idiots racing too fast did it hurt yeah i I knocked (laughs) the wind out of myself like in the middle of that workout and i had to like very gingerly i remember the next thing we had was like those those like hop logs that you just like hop across um and like normally i'll take that obstacle in like two steps like i jump pretty far and i have pretty good coordination and i went like one step at a time like i was like keeled over couldn't breathe was like just classic when you get your wind knocked out of you just like (laughs) and like what's the physiology behind that moving i could it's just spasms in the diaphragm it it just gets hit so hard that it spasms yeah, pretty much. Damn. It's not a sweet feeling. You've, I'm sure you've had the wind knocked out yourself. I broke my ribs a couple times. It's a fucking. That's a. Okay, whole, so yeah, that's a little different, but yeah, 
The Quinn knocked out. I I think it's like funny. It's funny any any situation where it's not in like, you know what? I'll even you know it's funny in every situation. It's just like it's so such a helpless feeling, and you just you kind of like can't you can't do anything, and you kind of look ridiculous and sound ridiculous, and you know it. You you sound ridiculous. You know you can't really breathe, but you keep trying, and you do these like hollow, shallow breaths. It's so I, I it's great like. I remember when I was my sporting careers before, like a, a few times in lacrosse, we'd have teammates get the wind knocked out of them in practice. And it's like, yeah, it's like embarrassing. You're like, <laughs> I don't know. And there's nothing you can do. You just kind of got clipped in a soft spot or you're just like, yeah, you just, you just sit there and like have these death rattle breaths for like as long as it takes. And everyone just kind of stands there and watches until you're good. And then when you're good, you're just actually good. You're totally back to normal pretty much. So everyone's like, yeah, I done being dramatic. You're like, yeah, sorry about that. And I wonder if that's go. what it's like drowning or dying of emphysema. I wonder if there's anything like if there's a. I mean, I think that what this is getting the wind knocked out of you too is funny because I feel like the first time you get it done to you, like as a kid, that's probably what it feels like. Like sincere panic and dread because you're like, I don't know what's happening, but I can't breathe. And this is it. Yeah, but then yeah. once you're older and you're like, oh, I, I understand that this is a temporary thing, and I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna pass through this, and it just kind of sucks right now. Um, there's less of that sincere, wide-eyed panic. Um, but I mean, you know, obviously, I've never died of anaphylaxis or drowning, but um, I'm sure the, the panic of not being able to breathe is something that most people have experienced at some point or another, and it's not cool. Um, so, Pat, have you got your prize money from the games yet? No. And, and why it's a pretty why slow is, year on that. Why is that? What's going <laughs> Actually, on? Actually, and the reason why I bring that up is the, the guys in Africa are like, like, what the fuck? Where's our money from? The, I think their semifinals. And we got our, we got our semifinals a little while ago. Um, so hopefully they get that soon. The game, the games is always slow. I feel like I've never been paid in from the CrossFit games until some point in October. Um, and I, do, I do you think it's because of the drug testing? Do, They're just waiting on yeah, drug I, testing? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It, it has to do with that. And they want to make sure they get all that right because it's better to wait and then give the money out than give some money out and try to get back a bunch of money from someone if there's any positive tests. That's, oh, Ricky, we're going to like $100,000 back, Ricky. Ricky, can you um, FedEx us that 100000 back? Yeah, so, uh, it's tough tough luck on that one, right? Like, I don't think didn't he you, Didn't he never, never send back his back. plaque or his uh, trophy or something? No, he still has his medal and his and his event win trophies for sure, and his like rookie of the year stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't pay you the money back. Um, I used I invested in a pallet of SARMs, and um, I can give you five percent <laughs> back every month until I sell the pallet. Come on, it's yeah, fine right. to make fun of them. It's okay. I like the guy, <laughs> but shit, a pallet of SARMs. Did you see that interview? Uh, so, so I, but to finish that story, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that the drug tests are really slow and they don't pay anyone until the drug tests come back. I was just wondering. Yeah, that's always been my understanding of it. And, but yeah, it, hopefully it gets done quick. But that's the kind of thing that like you hope for it to be on quick selfishly because it's nice to get paid and just like have that done. And then you can kind of close the book on the year. But at the same time, you want them to get it right. Like I'd rather them get it right and have it take a little longer than it, them rush it through and have to deal with a bunch of noise like that because it's that's just got to be a nightmare like justin pops and you get if justin pops would you get the first place prize money 
Yeah. Yeah, technically, yeah. That wow. I wouldn't I really don't want that to happen though, because for one thing it would suck to happen like twice in my career to have like podium places shift as a result of that. Uh, you could deal with it for 150 grand. Super annoying. You could deal with it but, with it for an extra 150 oh, I, grand. I could deal with it fine. Also, I just, I like Justin. I think that he'll have a great career. So it would be really unfortunate to see something like that happen to him. He, he's not going to pop. He's, he's, he hasn't even had sex yet. That guy's a virgin. Oh, standby. Oh, this is Velma. Oscar Meyer. Oh, uh, hello, hello from Oscar from Meyer ca- calling from Canada. Yeah. Oscar Meyer. Oscar, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. How are you? Doing great. You're on with the great Pat Vellner. Don't waste his time. I won't waste his time. I'm on the mainland, Pat. Oh, nice. How's it over there? Beautiful sunrise this morning. Beautiful sunrise. It's like jail, actually. But uh... <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Please don't hey, antagonize uh, hey, Pat. Just... He's a good man. Please don't antagonize Pat. We're, we're slowly <laughs> slipping into the Ricky Garrard discussion. Don't do anything to like... Make him hang up on us. It's not like jail oh, if you're okay, vaccinated, okay. man. Yeah, well, about that. Oh, shit. <laughs> about that. The only vaccination I have, have is a handful of SARMs. Nice. I'll get you far in life. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, Pat, just a question for you. How do you feel about, about Ricky coming back? Oh, Jesus. Straight in. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, Somebody had to ask it. To be honest, I don't really care. I haven't spared much of a thought for him for the last few years. Um, I think that he's got to walk a tightrope. It's hard. Like, the pressure's on him, right? He, he can't make any mistakes for, like, the rest of his life or he's going to get eaten alive. And that's a tough situation to be in. Um, I would say I don't love the amount of attention it's getting. I think that, I think you know, things like him getting invited to Dubai seem kind of like just I like a shameless grab at attention um, to me because yeah. it really he's been invited based on <clears throat> one finish that he had four years ago when he cheated. And there's probably a lot of athletes who in the last year or two have done great things who, in my opinion, would deserve that invite more than him. Um, I think he, ha- he deserves the opportunity to prove himself again, but he doesn't get to start right at the top. Um, so I'm a little annoyed by that. And, you know, I, I think he's a great athlete, and he will come back and and be a be, and perform well and be good. But I don't think he get he, he don't think he has earned the right to start back at the top of the pile. I think that's silly. So, um, you know, but you can agree he'll like, still be competitive, though. Or? I think so. I think he'll be reasonably competitive. I, I don't know. I have no. I haven't seen him do anything for the last four years. But you know, we've seen athletes in the past have great performances, podium, and then never really be able to capture that magic again we've seen athletes come in do great in their first year and then continue to have stellar performances for their whole careers so who knows what box he falls into but i know he's going to come back with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and that's totally fine i think that yeah he deserves the opportunity to come show his stuff but i just think i'm a little annoyed that he's got to jump the line um and now he's done uh, it twice yeah oscar wrap this up and say something like pat you're going to be a great dad or something so then I can hang up. On well, Pat, you are going to be a great dad. You already are, man. But um, Oscar, yeah, good luck. To- Damn, you hang up on crowd. Him? Jesus Christ, dude! We haven't even lubed him up yet. You guys are asking the Garrard questions, Pat. Like, for we, a we gotta brief do a little second. game hating and get get Pat into a frenzy first, and then bring in Garrard. What did you say, Pat? For a brief for a brief second, I thought that was Fikowski. Did he sound at all like Fikowski to you? Yeah, I did a little bit at the very start, especially with the Oscar Meyer Wiener conversation starting. I was <laughs> like, oh. Uh, is this, are we getting prank called here? 
Oh, we need to get Fikowski on the show. Does Fikowski hate me? Pat? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Fikowski spends the time and energy to hate anyone actively. Mm. Um, but I don't think that he watches your show. No, I don't think only 121 people watch it. I don't think that means he hates me. I don't think yeah, that. Means, I don't but, know. but 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 I, I, I'm I'm sure he would, he be, sure he would, he would come on polite. eventually. He'd be though. polite in your presence, probably. But I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he it's would not, seek he, out your 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 uh, company. Right. You might not be well, his you flavor. You wouldn't seek you know it out, I mean? but you wouldn't. You don't seek it out either. But you don't. I don't think you hate me. I don't hate anybody, man. You're a good dude. When I, I, I'm guessing you didn't watch the Ricky Garrard interview. No, the CrossFit podcast one. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really watched any interviews with him, but that's the recent one, right? Yeah, I with not. Chase. I saw anyway, a couple they, clips from it, but he said they go into detail with what he um, took, and like it was so weird. Like I immediately started googling it and seeing like if I could get some, and anyone can get it. And I was actually going to order like a it. Commercial? I was like, I, that's what it felt like to me. Like, it's like, this shit's horrible. And then I'm like looking at pictures of Ricky's body. I'm like, eh, it's not so bad. So then I put a couple, I put the two bottles of shit that he got in the cart and I was going to order it. But then there's like a warning that it enlarges your prostate. And I'm like, I'm 49. Like, I can't, like, I, I think anything I do bad to my body now, like, you know, like you do something bad to your body when you're 15 and that shit's reversible. You do it at 49 and you're like, okay. I mean, this is like my whole position on that kind of stuff it, anyways, is like I've done a lot of education and physiology and things like that. I just think that the long-term consequences of most of those things are not worth the price of admission. And like I've, I'm going to compete in this sport for, you know, maybe another few years till I'm maybe like my mid-30s. And then how much life do I have to live when like what are the consequences of that on your body? Like I just – there's some of it they know some of it they maybe don't know yet like they don't have the longitudinal research because there's always new products coming out or new things coming out because people are constantly trying to beat tests and so that that arms race between testing and and you know performance enhancing drugs is constantly evolving so you know i think that that comes with a certain level of risk to get into that and i just like I'm too risk averse for that. Like, there's no, there's no part of me that is willing to take any of that on. Cause I agree with that. I think that like, I don't know what the long-term consequence is and if I'm willing to take that on. So your, pro- your prostate is uh, attached to your, co- it's part of the whole cock and balls, like ecosystem. Part of the system. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, and, and it, 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 breaking something down there sounds atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. Prostate's majorly involved with ejaculation, Sevon. So you want to wreck that for yourself? No, no. Yeah, there you go. I already have enough things in my life wrecking that. Hey, so, did so you, you, you take that shit out of your cart? <laughs> I, I didn't. I just closed the window. I just closed it. Did you see? Did, uh, we we had Noah on, and 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 did you know that move where you like you you? It's like called the centipede. It's from the breakdancing days. Like you lay down on your stomach oh, yeah, and then yeah. like you pop the up. worm. Yeah, the worm, the worm. The is there, is there, really, you went deep on that one. Um, did, did you ever hear the story of what happened to him? Didn't he? He was. I don't know when he was doing it. I heard he smashed his balls pretty hard doing the worm, though. At some point, it was his. I, hel- like I, I think I it was some... his helmet. It was his helmet. Oh, was it? Okay. Pinch the tip. Yeah. Okay. And uh, 
he he gave us a pretty graphic story about it on the podcast. It was actually quite fascinating. <clears throat> but yeah, it's not, and it happened right before I think the games or the semifinals. But it it was devastating. He had to have like a stint put in his penis uh, somewhere. Oh, I really? Think it, like real damage? Right. Yeah. And then he had a string hanging out of it for a, a few weeks. Can you imagine every time you pee or every time you pull down your pants for like a month, there's like a string hanging, like like someone left dental floss hanging out of your penis? That's kind of how I imagined it. I mean, that's kind of what a tampon is, though, right? Yeah, I get you. Right, right. People people deal with that in real life all the yeah. time. Yeah, you're right. So, but I agree. I, I, I wouldn't personally want to have that hanging out of my rig, and I feel like it would. I'd be worried I was going to wreck something. I don't know. Plus, when I you had see this- a string, you don't, want, you don't you just want to pull on it? Yes. 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 Like and someone I feel like you probably yes. shouldn't. Yes. Yes. Do you think you do that to people psychologically too? Do you think like when you see like you're, you're with your wife and there's this great moment and like you see like little something like like the simile is like a, a sweater on her uh, a string on her sweater dangling, but it's like some psychological weakness and you start just kind of like tugging on a little bit and a little bit more and then all of a sudden you're like, God, I better not pull that. This is going to turn into a fight, but you can't help it. Uh, I probably have a bad habit of doing that. I'm working on it. I got a horrible habit of doing that. I think it's like my kind of humor though. I do that with friends all the time and it's just like, I don't know. I I like to do that to people. And I think that it's probably something that I need to do less of in my relationships. But like when my friends buy me this hat, right? Like my friends buying this hat, they pulled the whole sweater (laughs) off me. Just like (laughs) grabbed the string and jumped off the cliff. I, yeah, you it's, it's a, great. It's a great joke. You brought up a really um, fascinating point right there. You're right. People do visit the podium and then don't come back. That happens all the time. What was I yeah. think up to in the last like six or seven years? I'm probably the only guy who's finished second twice. Like the second place position has changed every year for the last like forever. Um, except for when, I guess when Matt finished second twice in a row. And then since then second place has changed every year. Third place has changed every year. Um, it, it happens all the time. So they're, they're just like, yeah, it's just a reality. Like, I don't know. So the whole, there's like this big, a lot of, a lot of hype around Ricky coming back and sure. But like, I don't know. We don't know what kind of athlete he is. I don't think we have, you'd have to ask Brian. I don't think we have that many data points. We've got one big data point that we know has a big asterisk next to it. And then the other data points are like, meh, fine. But I wouldn't say anything that's going to, that makes you say like scream podium threat, like perennial podium threat. So, and it, but he's had four years to train. Like, I, I think that if you were, if you've been training for the games on like an Olympic cycle, there's no reason why he wouldn't be very good this year. But our sport's a little different. Like there's, there's, volume issues and things like that and you have to periodize things appropriately so you know if he has been training balls out to win the dcc then you know he probably could but does that mean that it affects the rest of his year and whatever is he going to be peaked at dcc i don't know right like i just there's a lot of questions that we don't know the answer to it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table um in december and then i think then i think people can start to like talk about it I think that we've been talking about it way too much for what it is. I like it how you said balls out. You got the balls back in there as a theme. But I, I do uh, one critique about what you said. I think you're, you're supposed to say data, not data, like what the data is on that. I think that's the proper yeah. enunciation when you use it in that form. I'm, I'm no expert. 
Well, I'm glad that that's the only only issue that you have with what I'm saying. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Everything. Brian. Brian. What? <laughs> totally Brian. Brian is, is he going to make it? Up? Who are Who are the people who visited the podium? Spieler, Matt Chan, BKG. They just passed through, and then we never see them again. I mean, not to say they're not great. Scott Panchik, like. BK's been twice. Scott's never been once, so that was a uh, cheap shot. Oh, sorry, Scott. <laughs> sorry. But, yeah, I don't know. This Brian, we'll let Brian take over on that one. I feel like he's got things to say. Well, um, actually, part of the articles that I've been writing comparing Matt and Tia that have gotten a lot of conversation going, one of the things that I looked at was the variance of podium athletes on the men's field compared to the women's and the variance of top 10 athletes in the games on the men's side compared to the women. And there's a lot more variance in both of those categories for the men. And I think that's just because there's more guys in general that are actually competitive in fitness and trying. And there's different reasons for that. Part of the reason is because some percentage of women 20 to 35 years old are just having kids and it's not possible um, for them to compete competitively for the amount or train competitively for the amount of time that it takes to do that. But if there's like, I think there are probably 800 men in the U.S. and North or North America in the U.S. and Canada primarily <clears throat> that if the quarterfinal workouts were slightly different could have been in that top like the bottom 60 of the top 120 and I don't think that's true for women um, and so in any given year you can have more men kind of competing to get into the any stage of competition including at the very top of the sport and so you have um, Pat's exactly right like the guys who finished second at the games the last six years it's Ben Smith, Fikowski, Velner, Olsen, Quant, Velner. And, the, you know, obviously, well, you keep showing up in the second and third spots, but outside of that, you have Hogberg, you have BKG do it twice. Medeiros is now at a third and a first. So there are some guys that are up there regularly, but if you expand that to the top 10, it's shifting quite a bit. He's not going to make top 10. Who? That's my prediction. Ricky. It's too I'll hard. Be, I'll bet you that. I'll bet you that right now that he does. You think, I don't think he does. Okay. Brian, you're willing to do that. that with no with no more data without seeing him compete for four years. <clears throat> oh, you're fucking up when Pat's got my back. That was hard for Pat to say that. That was I, I hard. just think that, that that I I think I'm purely in the camp of like we have no idea. And then we should talk we should stop talking about it until we know what we're talking about. <laughs> and like I'm like Daniel totally Brand in Let's that talk camp. about Danielle Brandon. <laughs> sure. I don't know Danielle that well. Um, I keep hearing that her and Brian are having a fling. Me too. Brian, did you get reported to that man-hating website? The um, um. Oh, that that was interesting. They po- they reposted the the morning chalk up post and were, call- you know, calling us sexist and whatever else they wanted to do. And then when I made the um, kind of video explaining my position or what I was trying to do with that article, someone tagged them on it, and their response was, the comment sections explain in this video, the video that I'd put out. Uh, explain everything. And I didn't know what that meant because like 90% of them were very positive and then there was 10% like yours, your comments, for example, Savan, that were not very positive at all. Mine were extremely positive. <laughs> Mine were extremely positive and uplifting. They uh, were hurtful. I'm not sure. So this is, this, is on your, this is on your article for event the event wins, like which number of event wins is more impressive, Matt and Tia? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. I, I like yeah. didn't I didn't follow any of the backlash of that. Unfortunately, I, people thought I that he know. was sometimes, sexist because he's comparing. Sometimes I just <laughs> move. I just put the hand out, and I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna stay away from these comments and stay away from this. There's this. There's this Instagram. Con- there's this Instagram um, account. I can't remember something. Hate men. 
But anyway, basically what they do is, is they take anywhere that they, that they project hatred of women and try to, I guess the word is dox the people who did it, right? I don't, I don't know the exact definition of doxing, but I was trying to learn it yesterday. But basically they thought that Brian did something. It's just like revealing people's personal information or like, they're like, real names or their like locations or, or stuff like that just because a lot of people are have anonymous online presence but i think okay. that's what it is but i'm not certain okay so so basically brian was comparing matt and tia and i think the allegation was is that tia is so much better than matt that to compare them is to be completely sexist that you're a sexist piece of shit which is just bizarre to me the those same people a couple of days ago i posted on Danielle Brandon's account, she was working out in this beautiful blue top, but it was too big for her. Like it was like buckling at the top or something. And I posted on her Instagram account. I said, hey, that shirt's too big for you. And all these women started like jumping on down my throat being like, you sexist fuck. You, you, no one gives a fuck what you think. You're mansplaining and all this shit. And I responded to them on the um, account. Hey, I don't know what your obsession is with penis and vagina but this has nothing to do with penis and vagina this has to do with an article of clothing that's too large for the Their account uh, is you look like a man that's what it is. okay you look like a man i'm like so you guys need to get off the obsession with penis and vagina i go basically you're reacting to something i'm saying that's not that you made up and then on top of that then you're you're acknowledging your reaction is true and then posting a comment about it i mean it was completely bizarre but so the best part was is they tried to, they tried to, I guess, dox me or whatever. Someone's like, dude, they're trying to cancel you, but they couldn't because you can't tag me because I'm fucking shadow banned. So they couldn't send their army to my account to get me. And then, so then I reposted it for them to help them out, attack me. And uh, Danielle was uh, kind enough to like point out that they're fucking idiots, and she reposted it too. I mean, it's I'll just for her. This, this, yeah. I think it's yeah. There's a lot of like, come wild, on, dude. Like the, the internet's look at look at Velner's shirt. Like, Velner's shirt fits fine. Everyone take notes. Velner, see how it's like hugging his shoulders and his traps and his chest nicely. Probably a little small, even you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you have a good body, you're in, you're in bulking season, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I'm ten pounds heavy right now. Um, Meanwhile, anyway, on my own account, I post a picture of me on the back of Dave's motorcycle, and people are saying I look like a dwarf. A dwarf. <laughs> And then I went back and looked at it, and I did. I do look like a dwarf. Well, you should make yeah, make some anonymous account, and then just get into people. I don't know. It's funny. I think there's a lot of projection that goes on on the internet. There's a lot of people telling you what you mean. Yes, and that's like it's frustrating, you know. And, and nobody knows nobody knows full context either, right? It's like people jump in halfway through a sentence, and then they think they know what you're talking about, or. You know, like you have a personal relationship with Danielle that maybe they don't know about. And it's like, I don't right. know, like this could be like a regular banter that you have sometimes be like, why are you wearing a triple XL? And like, right. they don't know that or I don't know. So there's just like, there's a little bit of too much of everybody trying to be in everyone's business um, and policing everything, which is um, frustrating for sure. But I don't know. I try to just like, I don't, I try not to engage much in the Twitter sphere and the comment sections because generally you just leave feeling a bit frustrated <laughs> with humanity. Do you um do you have a preference for social media? I pretty much only am on Instagram. Um, I haven't really. I have a Twitter, but I it doesn't really get used. Does it call in? This is the first time we've ever allowed call ins with a. Uh... On a on a show with a guest, and we, we kind of just ambushed Pat. We didn't. We, we didn't. I didn't even tell you I was going to do that, huh, Pat? <laughs> I wasn't sure what that was initially, but that's fine. Is, 
Okay, cool. G- uh, Jim, you're on with the great Pat Vellner and the um, uh, Brian Friend licking his wounds and me. What's up, boys? How's hey. everything? Living the dream. Good, good, good Jim. Good. How are you doing? just want to give you – I'm doing great. Thanks, Pat. Um, I had a chance to, to meet you as a judge out of the Grand Kings back in 2017. They got he hates judges. Oh, well, interesting. Okay, uh, awesome. He hates judges. Okay. Well, if you hate Drollback. judges, That's I, I awesome. hope anybody hates judges. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I got pictures of you. I got pictures of Frazier. Um, you know when you know guys used to show up, and that's when, um, Wicked. you know, I think you were on a team with. I think you were on a team with Paul Tremblay and someone yeah, else. And a team it, of three. Oh, come on, someone else. Albert Dominic Larouche. Someone else. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. <shit. laughs> no, no disrespect to another Canadian. Um, yeah, ADL is um, the original was, great Canadian. The original great Canadian, the OGC. Ooh, taking shots at James Fitzgerald. Okay, fine. I, in the modern era. <laughs> you should have you known better than to say something like that in front of Brian Friend. Yeah, yeah. That was me from my mouth for you sure. Know? Exactly. Um, well, Stefan, I got something for you, man. I just want to give you a shout out. Um, you're always talking about sugar. You, got, you guys have heard Stefan talk about sugar? No. Uh, uh, um. Brian has, but our guest Pat, Pat has blocked me not. on all social media, all avenue, the podcast, he, anything with my, he's asked Google not to report anything I say to him. He's blocked all hashtag, hashtag sugar kills. Yeah. He, he's even thought about changing his phone number so I can't text him anymore. Yeah. So I'm trying your recommended dessert, recommended treat of heavy cream over frozen berries. Brilliant, I'm telling right? you what, dude. It's, it's genius. It, like you said, it melts like a magic shell, and it's unbelievable with, you know, the only sugar you're getting from it is the sugar from the fruit. Um, really good. So I just want to give you a shout-out say thank you for that. So I've saved my, saved my cravings here over the last week or so of trying to be sugar-free. So it has been, it has been really helpful. So I just want to give a shout-out say thank you. Thanks, Jim. Keep Another me posted thing. on how that goes being sugar-free. You'll be Absolutely. so stoked. You'll be so stoked uh, once you're free from it. Um, yeah, I wasn't so stoked for the first day or two with the friggin' headaches I was getting, but you know, suffered through it and came through on the other side, and here we are. Yeah, and your dick will be harder. <laughs> oh, it can't be any harder than just talking to three great guys like you right now. So, Good um, look at that if guy. If you guys get a chance, <laughs> if you get a chance before before he gets canceled, before he gets thrown off of Netflix, watch Chappelle's latest stand-up. Have either of you seen it yet? I watched 30 minutes last night, and I didn't laugh once. I, 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 you didn't I don't know. laugh once? No, what's he doing? Did you laugh? He's, he's apologizing. Not apologizing. He's basically taking back his, um, his, his, his issues with the, tra- the, tra- the transgender community had with him, saying that he made, you know, basically what I got out of it was that it was that it's a joke. This is comedy. You can't do comedy anymore without getting canceled. And one of the things he brings up is, uh, is you know, he's talking about women and feminism. But what's a feminist? Did you get to that part at all? I, I listened to 30 minutes and he says he's going to apologize to the gay community. And then he doubles down on his attacks, or not the gay community, the trans community. And I thought, like, right. it, I, I don't have a problem with doubling down on your attacks. I like that. That's like, I love temper tantrums. I'm notorious for throwing a good temper tantrum. But mm-hmm. I just didn't think any of it was funny. Like, dude, just a, 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 like, what's that called when you like obliterate someone and, and then just move on? But I just didn't laugh. I didn't think it was like. Okay. I like yeah, the LGBTQ and, and I like the lesbian. I like the the car metaphor he did one time in, in his last special. 
Did you watch it, Pat? Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of the Chappelle's new stand-up? Yeah, I, I watched it yesterday. Oh, what'd you think? It was pretty good. I don't know. I, I like his style of storytelling um, and humor mixed yeah. in, so it's not just like jokes and punchlines. But I think he weaves a good story. I don't know. It was fine. Um, I think that I that's, it. it's interesting. I, I, that's a, it's a tightrope act, like the kind of uh, comedy that he's doing, doing these days. So I respect that. And it's well, again, I, I'm I think that I'm not in those point, communities, so I don't point. know. I think that was the point of his stand-up was this is this because this is allegedly his last his last stand-up that he's doing, um, but he, uh, apparently um, he brings he brings everything back like kind of at the end, you know. Then you know the transgender community told told him stop you know stop punching down on our community, stop punching down like you know you know you're above us or something like that. And he ended it with with to the transgender community stop punching down on my people. And when he said my people, he had prefaced that with talking about his people being comedians, his people being funny. People who are just trying oh, to make people laugh. I like it. And so he brought that all back at the end and that was his mic drop and that's when he left. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. I just wanted to listen to your take. I know you're with the, with all the letters, the LGBTQ and plus and AI and all that jazz. So, um, but anyway, well, hey, I enjoy the. Fact I bet you he. he I bet you Dave Chappelle can't do one percent of fucking the amount of um, physical activity that Pat Vellner does in a day. I probably. I would probably. I swear to fucking God, I'm not even joking. It would half, kill him. Half a percent. Yeah. Probably half a percent. Half a percent. I'd love to put him um, through his paces anyway, if I ever got the chance. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got nothing else to do. He's not doing stand up anymore. So. All right, Jim. Thanks, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Uh, some guy from this is how racist I am. There's some guy from um, I'm, I'm guessing he's from India or he has an Indian name, Deve, Devesh Maharaj Maharaj. I didn't think Indian dudes crack jokes, but he said probably that was Brian's shirt Danielle was wearing, and she turns it into a crop top. I it's fucking brilliant, fucking brilliant. I don't I know where the origin of, of this of this started, but I'm loving it. <laughs> I, I actually asked her about it recently. I was like, about do you what? know how many, I, I said something like, do you know how many messages I get about this stuff? And she goes, you think you get a lot of them. So <clears throat> maybe people Dude, are bothering leak her the too. the sex tape. Leak the sex tape. That shit would be crazy. <laughs> you put on another 5,000 Instagram followers, guaranteed. Regardless of the size of your cock and balls. Um, Pat, Pat, you're getting married soon. I did on the 18th, actually, of September. Oh, you already did all of it. All of it. Did yeah, it was a busy post games. We were kind of running, and we hit the ground running after the games. I was gone for almost a month. Um, we were back. I was back home visiting my parents, and went to a wedding out there. And then I went back uh, back to the island, and we planned the wedding. We had a trip with some friends who came out. Like most of the wedding party came out. We did like a houseboat trip, and then uh, we had the wedding, and then we went away to Tofino, which is like north north. Uh, West Island, um, just a really nice area out there, and we spent some time up there. So I feel like from basically all of September, pretty much, we were gone, um, and we kind of yeah tied the knot on the 18th. So that's right. Video. I saw the it was, I saw uh, the pretty pictures. cool little pretty cool little Keith came out for that. I thought that was really nice of him. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. To, uh, him and his wife Alexa both came out, and it was nice to have them out there. I feel like they've never been out this way either. So he's been making noise like he wanted to come visit for a long time. So it was a nice way to get him out there. His wife's name's Alexa. Yeah. 
Holy shit. Like which one's Alexa? The, the Amazon one or the Google, yeah. Google one? No, yeah. it's just, Hey Google. Yeah. It's, it's no, Alexa, it's Amazon. The Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like we just said Alexa a few times and everyone who has one of those, it, it's like going off now. <laughs> oh, How great prank. How can I help you? Hey Alexa, Siri. Order 10 things oh. in toilet paper. How old's the baby? Huh? Four months. The baby is on... 29 years old. <laughs> oh, that was because I said, hey, Siri. And then I said, how old's the baby? And then and then my computer oh, answered. Isn't that funny? Was it giving you yeah. the answer for the rapper, the baby? I guess. I guess, yeah. The baby. Must be. 29 years old. Oh, and certainly not 29 yet. Uh, he's four months in three days on Monday. <laughs> And the baby went up. Have you has so you've been with the baby every single day basically since it's been born? Well, we yeah, pretty much. We've been pretty lucky though. Um, Michelle's parents were here like right after he was born, visiting and helping. So that was like pre games. We had some extra hands on deck, and then since the games, like I said, we went and visited my family. We had people visiting here, so we've always had extra hands around. Um, but as of basically like two weeks ago sunday of the week before last we uh have been home kind of freewheeling it so we're finally like have the training wheels off and it's just us with the baby but yeah he's come everywhere we've gone so he was at the games he was came back home with us he was on the houseboat with us like he's been i think with the only exception of i went on a biking trip mountain biking trip for like five days um and he stayed home with michelle and her sisters and then i was gone for like four days so that's it do you get in trouble for that? No, because we plan. I feel like I get this. I get the consent form signed months in advance, and then we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, it gets still. And get, we're pretty good. I think that we're, <clears throat> Yeah, we're pretty good about making sure because that was the thing. Is her her sisters were here visiting. She has two sisters, and they were here helping. So it wasn't like being left high and dry. So we kind of planned things so that it would be possible and. Um, that was a trip for my, one of my best friend's weddings. So we did that and it was fine. We cleared it all and got it organized. And I feel like we're pretty good at being able to express if we feel like, you know, I'm, I'm underwater here and I need you to stay. Uh, and we're pretty, we don't ask for over nothing. Like if, you, if someone's going to say it, it's cause it's serious. And so we are pretty good at being able to just be flexible on that stuff. But yeah, she was well supported with her sisters here, so we were able to. I was able to get away for a few days, but other than that, like you, we've been around. Will you bring him to Rogue? Mm. Yeah, he's coming down. They were both coming down for. The thing is, we don't have any any help out here because my family's lives in Alberta, like pretty far east from here, and Michelle's family is much farther east, so we don't have any family around to like babysit last minute or leave like the dog or baby with. So we. Uh, for the most part, like everybody, we roll deep. Everybody comes when we go places. Are you going to get a nanny? I think, um, one second, show my dog out. I think, um, the plan is to, Michelle's going to get back to work probably in the new year. Um, and right now I'm not working too much. I only have two clinic days a week. And so, it's pretty easy to balance like that when Michelle's home on mat leave and I'm just training a lot of the time I can do sessions from home. And then when she starts to work, we're just going to try to offset her clinic days with my clinic days so that 
we can kind of have somebody doing some childcare on any given day. And then, you know, as he gets a little older, we'll, we're just going to try to get him in daycare. Um, there's a few daycares around here, but it's hard to get in daycares here. Actually, the wait lists are huge. I know when we even started talking about kids, people were like, get on the wait list because otherwise you're going to get, you're going to get left behind. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the plan is to just kind of like slowly reintegrate phase back in, get Michelle working a bit and then just always have somebody available. Like we just are trying to, to share the load as much as we can. Uh, and we obviously are pretty lucky that our jobs and lifestyle is, uh, you know, amenable to that. So anyway, it's, it's been good so far and we've, we've been doing all right, but it's still even, even given like how flexible our lifestyle is and we work pretty well together, it's still hard sometimes. So it's, it's fun. We've talked about like my younger brother has a two year old and a newborn and like, save for you with like, when you had three kids, young, young, like that's like, that's no joke that will keep you running. So um, just us trying to exist with our one baby. Sometimes we catch ourselves being like, "Whoa, man, this is tough. <laughs> and then you have to check yourself because we've got just about every privilege we could possibly ask for. And we're like, man, you know, it's, it's not easy to do, to do it well. Right. And, and feel like you're giving everybody the time they need, like including your partner, not just the babies. So, um, you know, we're, we're rolling with the punches anyway. Do you have one of those wipe warmers? No. I don't know. Somebody else mentioned that to us recently that it's life changing. I uh, well, we got that, that. We got that kind of dumb shit for the first kid, right? And then for the yeah. second kid, you're like, "Fuck the wipe warmer! You taking a cold wipe?" You know, yeah. <laughs> like everything we're, we're went all, out we, the door with the second and third kid. The first kid gets all the good shit, and after yeah. that, it's just kind of like, "Hey, fuck you! You're lucky you're alive." We have all like we've tried to be as sustainable as we can. We don't really use any disposable like wipes or diapers or anything. Um, unless we're traveling, we'll do some of that. We'll splurge on some, but we do mostly, um, like reusable diapers, reusable wipes, like everything like that. So we do a lot of laundry. What's a reusable wipe? What's a reusable wipe? Like, just like, they're just like, they're like little handkerchiefs that are just like, um, they're supposed to be good fibers for like sensitive skin as well. Like they're kind of a specific weave of fiber, but they're nothing, they're nothing spectacular. Like if they're like, we just have a big stack of these little cloths that you just kind of, you wet with just water and then you wipe with those. And then we throw them in the laundry with the, with the soiled diapers. How many of those do you have? The wipes? Yeah. Those, those Mm, probably not that many, but like might have like 50. Dude, I need to look into that. I'm obsessed with wipes. We've had, we, yeah. I, I filled a whole landfill with wipes already. Yeah. Like we have like, see, that's, that's the thing, right? Like we realized pretty quick because with, with newborn, like right newborn, when they still have like the really sticky black poo, we were like, okay, we'll use disposables for like the first till they get out of that first phase. Cause I don't really want to like, we don't want to clean those diapers. Um, and it's pretty alarming how much waste you produce. So we were like, all right, you know, our plan was already to do at least a little bit of a hybrid of reusable and disposable. And then we kind of were like, you know, we're going to do as much reusable stuff as we possibly can. Because, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy. You make a mountain of waste for sure. Like between we then, normally between the two of us barely fill. A, we wouldn't even fill our garbage bin every two weeks. And uh, suddenly we were like full after like a week and change. And we we're like, oh, OK, this is a big change. If you do the math on that, it gets crazy quick. I think we were changing diapers like seven times a day. Like I was obsessed with like not having the kids sit in any pee or poop. And then you have three kids. That's 21 diapers a day. 
and you do that. Oh, how many people know. with kids and yeah, fuck, yeah, it's dude. Crazy. And I would tell people how many diapers I'd go through, and they'd be blown. I mean, twenty one a day. That's six hundred a month. I mean, that's and the shit's not cheap either. No, for sure. Anyway, we were like, we're a little more on the waist than we were like thinking the same thing. We're like, we're creating a literal mountain of just like yeah. shit diapers. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. I'm glad <laughs> so. you said that reusable wipes because I carry water with me everywhere I go with them. I have like tons of water bottles. And if I had a stack of cloths, I could just put a little water on them, wipe them and then just, and then just kind of have like a little bucket in the van where you throw dirty, those dirty things and then every day take them out and wash them. Yeah. See, that's, we need to get better about something like that. So one of those wipe warmers is probably good because we could leave them wet. Whereas right now we just have a stack of dry cloths and I like put them on the change table and I wet the cloth and then we change them. But now yeah, he's like starting that. to roll around a little more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like I can't exactly put them down and run to the sink to wet the wipe, uh, which like I'll just carry them for now. But I think if you had something you could put them in, it would probably be helpful. Anyways, Brian, my sorry first, about this. My first kid never, the baby talk, my first kid never rolled off a of bed, um, Pat, because that's just like too like obsessive. Second and third kid, fucking two dozen roll offs each. Oh, really? Just because you just, oh, you just get sloppy. Well, your hands are the full first too, kid though, just right? gets so much you're, love and attention. And then the other one just right? gets benign neglect. <laughs> you're, you're chasing the first baby. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm a second child. I'm a, I'm a middle child. I'm, you fell off the bed. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to that benign neglect. You get left places. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's, man, it's true. Like tons of respect to people with multiple kids that are young. Cause that, man, I can only imagine you're like, you spend your time chasing baby one and then baby two is up to no good. And it's, yeah, it's gotta be tough. Did you enjoy the so, podcast you did with Arm and Hammer? I started listening to it yesterday. Yeah, I did. And I, I think because I don't know, for one thing, it's something kind of novel. I feel like I spend a lot of time talking about CrossFit and the goings on in the CrossFit sphere. And, which is fine. Like I, if, if you were to consider me an expert in any one thing, that might be what it would be. But I think it was fun because I don't, I don't know a lot about like being a dad and things and neither does he. And I think that that was the whole point of that venture is he's looking at it as an opportunity to kind of pick people's brains over, you know, what are the challenges you've faced that, you know, maybe I haven't faced yet, but probably I will at some point. And to learn little bits of things. And I think that that it was cool. It was a cool conversation to have just like an open, honest conversation about like, Hey, I found this really challenging. I found this easier than I thought, harder than I thought. Like this was surprising. What about you? Um, and I think it's a cool way to learn and just, and I, and in some ways like feel like, I don't know, you're, if you ever have like weird things that you're finding hard, that you're not alone, it's like, Oh, this is, there's some camaraderie in that and being like, all right, these people are, it's a shared experience. And I, and I think there's a lot, I might be wrong with this because I haven't exactly gone searching, but I think that there are a lot of like, um, like mommy support things and stuff like that. And there, there's maybe a little less for and dad. Less. So I think that we, it's just like, it's a cool little, it was a cool idea. And I said, oh, that's, I'm, I'm super happy to come talk about whatever, because it's just, it's nice to be able to air that stuff out. Cause you just, people don't know. And then being a dad is, is a different experience than, you know, being a husband or being just an individual. So I think you have uh, – it was just like a fun, open, frank conversation. So um, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was cool too. I, I only listened to the first like 30 minutes and I'm going to get on the assault bike and try to get through the rest of it today. But I thought it was cool. Someone just came up with a fucking brilliant billion-dollar idea, a new YouTube channel, Parenting with Pat. I agree. Fucking great. <laughs> Trademark oh God, shit. No pressure. Well, I guess – I don't know. The internet, you can just say whatever you want. and It probably works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. 
see how long it takes before I do something dumb and get canceled. Um, you're going. Has, has your fitness suffered at all? You're getting ready to go. Is, the, is and is your next competition the Rogue Invitational? And is 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 Madero's going to just put the stamp on you and take you out to the pasture there and be like, "Hey, this isn't a fluke. What I did at the games and Pat's done." Who knows? Well, actually, My fitness actually, has definitely uh, suffered though. I if I can beat anybody at Rogue, they should feel bad. <laughs> I get Pat. I'll give you a little. Uh, I'll give you guys a, a little preview. Should have an article coming out sometime soon. I submitted it a while ago. I'm morning chalk up. I did a, I did something that I thought was cool because most of the athletes competing at Rogue on both the men's and women's side were at the games this last year. I think it's 19 of 20 women and 18 of 20 men. And then there's a couple that uh, they invited. A quick question about that, Brian. Why would anyone be there who wasn't at the games because like of the COVID or something that. like that? Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Said so, you know some people obviously declined their invitations for whatever reason, and so then they invited some others that weren't necessarily down the games roster. So they have Ben Smith, Sam Quant, and Carrie Pierce are the three who weren't who did not compete at the games. Obviously Carrie had earned her invite and it was a different situation. Ben and Sam's, you know, accolades speak for themselves, I think. So it's understandable why they were there. Um but I, I what I did was I took uh seven events from the games this past season that most closely replicated a traditional programming year at Rogue. Based on, they usually uh, have a little bit more emphasis on like strongman and weightlifting as opposed to, you know, they're not they're not going to have um, single modal. They've never had a single modality long endurance event or something like that. So I took out any like specifically running or specifically swimming stuff from the games, and just tried to approximate. Okay, well these guys just did a bunch of events. What can we expect at Rogue? And then I applied those results from the games using Rogue's two scoring systems because they've had different scoring systems both years that they had events, drastically different scoring systems actually. Um, and it was and it's kind of cool to see the results in both of those scenarios. Uh, Velner, you would have taken first, you know, with less with less events and a little bit more different emphasis on the programming, but the margin was very different based on the scoring. But that's just at the top. Yeah, their and it was, first year, you know, Justin, they had like a ten point spread for the first couple places or something, right? It was. I can't it was remember. Crazy! Exactly. It went one hundred ninety eighty. Huge spread at the time. Like, you got, yeah. By, by the time that's you got a to fucking 10th, cool thing you did, Brian. That's fucking dope that you did that. I want to see that. Can you screen share that? Can I screen share on here? I'm sure Justin will love that. Uh, or, or, or not even like the whole article. I just want to see it. who who took se- who takes second to Pat. It all makes sense based on all this analysis you've given the games. So that that's fascinating and cool that you did that. Holy shit! It seems like a slam dunk. Like you did the obvious. Um, well, the you know the interesting who takes second. Justin takes second in both scenarios. Um, Brent is not competing, so it's not relevant. But uh, BKG would still finish in the third spot. And, uh, but after that, there's a ton of variants and there's some really, really dramatic changes. Like Will Morad, who finished 20th at the games, would finish eighth in this scenario. Or Cole Sager, who was 14th, finishes sixth. So there's quite a bit of shifting. And then even within the two scoring systems on the women's side, spots six through 11 are like completely flipped around and mixed up depending on the scoring system. So hopefully that article can come out soon. It's kind of funny. I, I think that sometimes athletes get a hard time when they talk about things like, Oh, like scoring system change. And that's something that happens with the cut system. So 2019 and 2021, the cuts alters the scoring system partway through the weekend. And you get like, it sounds like you're bitching, but like it matters a lot. 
Um, and it, it, like depending on the scoring system applied and when you apply it and ranking different events more heavily than others based on point spread, it like it makes a big difference. And it, like everybody's playing by the same rules, but you know if you change the order of events in a scoring system that's changing throughout a weekend, it ma- actually matters. Like you know for those sorts of things, like to completely change sixth to twelfth, like that's pretty significant it's not it's not minor differences especially when races are tight like you have sometimes podium races that are decided by one to five points right um yeah oh, that's so exactly right and actually in that, this, like, you know this was i i picked the events before i you know everything went in order so i picked the events to try to simulate rogue like what what we could expect at a rogue programming based on two years of what they've done then i filled in all this stuff then I entered all the points for the two different scoring systems, and finally I ranked it. So I didn't really know what was going to happen until the very end. And exactly what you said is what happened, is in the first year scoring system, Laura Horvath had beaten Annie Thorzeyer by four points. But in the second year scoring system, Annie beats Laura by five points. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Pat, when you say athletes can't really bring this up because it'll sound like they're making excuses... Like you can't like pretty have much. an honest conversation because I'm like, oh, he's crying. He's being a whiny bitch. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's sometimes I think it's different. You can, depending on your position, if you win and then you say, hey, this point system was kind of weird and suspect. Right. Then you can probably not you do that in the future. Then you kind of yeah. get a free pass. But if you even come second and you say like, man, this point system was a little whack. People are like, okay, shut the fuck up. Like, you're just pissed because you didn't win. And and so I think that there's – I think it's worth it, – it's, it, I don't know the answer either because we've tried a lot of different things and there's there's certainly glaringly obvious weaknesses in certain point systems. But I don't know how you make it flawless. So we're kind of like – we're doing our best and we're trying several different things. And it's really easy to after the fact be like, well, see how this happened and this happened. So like we shouldn't do that. Um, but sometimes it's just like – What you know, what I, I, what I, I think is I've better. done a lot of – you know, I've done a lot of studies of this and I've taken specific competitions and applied four or five different scoring systems to them. And it usually doesn't change the top and it usually doesn't change the very bottom, but it does have a lot of effect in the middle. What I think is, is, you know, really relevant after spending a lot of time thinking about this is the athletes know what they're preparing for because depending on the scoring system, you actually can prepare and, and train a little bit differently. And not necessarily so much with the ones we've used, but a lot of people are in favor of like, a scoring system that rewards your actual performance. So if you're winning an event, it's in your interest to win it by more because it skews everyone else's oh, yeah. time all the way down. And then from, uh, from that perspective, you, you could, if, if that's a scoring system in place, you could like un- very, very clearly change every way that you train, understanding that it's actually in your interest to capitalize on the things that you're very much better than the field on. Like Yonikoski right now has no interest in swimming. He swims because he likes to swim. He doesn't need to swim. But if he was rewarded by winning by more at, in the swimming event at the games, which is what that scoring system implores, then he would train to demolish everyone, win by minutes instead of whatever, or dozens of minutes instead Still of the singular by minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because he would just put not, not that he'd get more points than 100, but that everyone else would get less and less points based on his Thank margin you. of victory inflating. So if you, you know, I think that it's important that the athletes know what they're preparing for in the scoring system because it could dramatically change the way that they approach a competition. I've done one competition that was done like that before. Um, really? It's an interesting way to do it for sure. Um, it can create some problems 
but it's mostly I don't know. I, it's like I agree. It, it's more emphasis on actual performance, not relative performance. Um, but anyway, there's there's just like there's a lot of different answers, and it's uh, it's interesting to see. But I don't know. Rogue will be. I'm excited to see what it is. My my biggest thing about those sorts of decisions, though, like like point systems, cut systems, I don't mind what it is. I don't really care. But you need to tell the athletes beforehand. I do agree with you on that. I think that, and it doesn't need to be three months ahead. But like before, I register and like pay a registration fee and book my flights and book my whatever. I gotta know. Like this, or, year, or if they're not the, gonna the tell games, you, that has to be part of it. They have to be like. They have to emphasize that they either have to be like, Hey, part of this competition is that we're not going to tell you shit. Not even the scoring system. Like they have to like be transparent about it. So you can strategize, right? Some things like cuts when people are traveling across the world, Uh, you should know that this year, I think that was a bit contentious. Travel has never been more difficult, more expensive. So to just spring on people, once there are already boots on the ground that like, Hey, by the way, you might only compete for two days. Um, especially with the fact, Australians half of you yeah right so anyway I, I thought that was a bit cheap and I was like you know what like why like what it, what does it possibly change it doesn't you don't gain anything it doesn't make it more dramatic it basically just puts out a bunch of full-grown adults who should have every right to make financial decisions like that on their own and you just kind of like pulled the rug out from under them and I, I thought that well, was it, very cool in my, so. in my opinion that entire decision was based on the snatch event is that Dave wanted to do that event in the same way as the clean, and he knew he couldn't do it with 40 or 35 or however many there were, so he just cut it down just for that. That's what I think. What did you guys think about the tiebreaker if, event? If that's true, then that's petty as fuck. But um, <laughs> What anyway, did you guys think about the tiebreaker thing that happened off on the side? Of the snatch? I didn't have to do it, so I loved it. Oh. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, what, that was. I did not think that was a – necessary honestly i mean he's doing it for the drama i guess but it's so different you have guys that have literally just failed a why snatch. not necessary because it was so many so few points on at stake oh like for example i i chose the snatch event as one of the seven events to use in the um rogue simulation but when i yeah. applied their scoring system if three guys got 275 i just gave them all the same points for t5 or whatever it was and that's fine because they lifted the same and the problem is that especially in the earlier rounds there were still a lot of guys so it was possible that someone had lifted like four or five minutes before the guy that they were going off against in the face-off. And some guy might have just like literally just failed a, a, an attempt at a one-round max snatch 20, 30 seconds before and then was asked to do, what was it, 245 for three reps in a race scenario. Like, which which situation is harder in your mind? Waiting four minutes and then having to rep out three touch-and-go snatches or just mitching a snatch and then having to do it like a minute later? So they didn't like, I was, walk right to the bar and then do the three. They, they'd go over and set up and there was a whole standby, three, two, one. Like you had probably at least a minute to get your shit together. Um, you tell probably, us, Pat, what do you think? I'd, I'd prefer to miss the lift and then and then go over and then lift those bars right away. Then have like a Less really weight. long, like five minute wait of like not touching any bar. Because I, I don't remember if they had a warm up bar on that side, but they did on the on the side where we were lifting and waiting for like the one at max. So if, if you had a long rest, you could do like a couple warm up lifts at whatever, what, it, what it, weight you wanted. But I don't know if they had that on the other side. So if you were stuck out there, you met, you were the first guy who missed and you've got to wait for 20 people to go through the rotation. Um, yeah. You could be waiting five, six minutes before you actually get to do your race. And that's just hard to do like a cold pull like that. It doesn't feel very good. 
So, Pat, what do you I, think about? Um, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just saying it was like the tiebreaker concept was like, well, these guys failed the same lift, but then it wasn't it wasn't even close to the same scenario for for the different uh, athletes. Yeah, in those heats. it sort of it sort of feels like double dipping. Hey, it's like you're doing a one rep max, but then you're also doing a speed like speed ladder kind of thing. I don't know. It just I was kind of glad when I hit 290 and failed at 295 and then both Royce and Guy hit 295, I was like, sweet, I'm just going to walk off. I, get, I have to do three less snatches. Like sounds good to me. And I still take third, like no problem. And the tie break before me was like four or five people or something. So I avoided that train wreck. And then I just got to kind of, including, skip out including of the Brent and Justin. Yeah. 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 That 290 was Pat, a Pat, you said that your your fitness is is suffering a little bit for whatever reasons because you did too much Molly at your wedding because you got a new kid um, because you're not allowed out of your house because of the lockdowns in your country. Um, Whatever reasons your 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 fitness is suffering, do you think it's dangerous or not good then to go compete? Because like in boxing or in fighting, if your fitness wasn't at a hundred percent, you it would be dangerous to get into the ring for two reasons. One, you could get fucking injured but two it could be bad for your psyche right you get um do you have any hesitant in going to rogue and not being 100 percent? i mean i'm gonna do i'm i exaggerate a little bit how bad my fitness is like i'm still fine i'm i haven't done certain things to the level that i maybe would like but there's still a three weeks or so right like i've got some time to, to touch a few things that i want to um so that was most. Are you healthy? Cheap, are you physically but... healthy? Are you injury free? Eh. Muscle manos? No, I wouldn't say like a hundred percent, but I don't think anybody really ever is. Right. Um, I'm working on a few things, but it's, I think that like my, I've tried to get over that um, mental hurdle in the last few years of really caring. Like if you show up and then it's like, ah, you know, it wasn't your best day and you, you don't maybe perform to a level that you think you're, capable of and you you know you take a fifth place finish or something like that i think that years ago i had this idea that you know that would really reflect my what i call it my legacy or whatever like people would be like oh there'd be like this mass disappointment from fans of the sport and i just don't think that's real like i think that's so self-imposed um you feel that pressure and it's like well i can't show up unless i'm gonna win um and that I'm trying to get over that because I do love to compete. And I think, you know, there's good opportunities to show up and do things. And I, yeah, I know that the narratives are like, Oh, it's going to be Pat and Justin and whatever. And would it be great to show up and win and then make this storyline super exciting for the season? Yeah. 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 Is that what I want to do? Of course, that's what I want to do. But like if I show up and, and Justin wins and I come third or fourth or whatever, I tank for some reason. Like, I don't think people look at that and then go, Oh, like, the games was a fluke or like Vellner's lost it. I mean, some people probably do. And like, I'm just, I'm trying to step outside that and not really care. Cause I don't, I, I don't think I have anything left to prove to other people. Um, I'm just right. kind of doing it cause I like to do it and I'm trying to take care of myself a little bit. And so I, I think either way I've kind of outgrown that and I'm just, I'm going to go and do it and it'll be fun. And on the road puts on a great event. Um, I get to go see some friends and, and exercise for a few days and yeah like am i going to try to win it of course i'm not i'm going to hit a competition floor where i'm not going to try to win am i going to do my best with what the time that i have to make myself as prepared as i can be yeah of course and i've been doing that for years so it's just i think it'll be mostly fine like 
is there the potential for like a hiccup here or there because uh, everything's not dialed dialed in? Yeah, but I think that there's also that for everybody right now because we've just finished the yeah. games. People have taken some time off. I'm not the only guy who took a break in September, like or in August September. Like probably the average games athlete got back to training maybe a couple weeks before me, two three weeks before me, but they need the head start. So, so right. don't uh, don't the, don't sleep on Chandler Smith at Rogue fourth and fifth the two years he's competed there. Yeah, I don't sleep on Chandler in general. He's a pretty pretty impressive athlete, especially I think in a, a competition that is a lot of power output, a lot of strength, a lot of heavy stuff. Like I'll never forget. Who does the programming for Rogue? Who does their programming? It's a good. Historically, question. I think, I think it's been do. Chris Spieler and Josh Bridges. Actually, oh, I don't true. know if they're That's doing right, it this yeah. year because. Aren't they both? They might both be competing in the Legends division, but um, yeah, I think they've done it in the past. Someone wrote, "The Josh dude is, is a chiropractor. Pat will be, Pat will be just fine. The dude is a chiropractor. Come on, man. If that if that said the dude is one of the X Men, Pat will be just fine. I get it. But what does him being a chiropractor have to do with him being fine? Uh, it might be in in relation to your comment about being healthy. Ah, uh, um, yes." I think that you crack, but, you crack your own back three times a day and give yourself your own neck adjustments. And that's <laughs> well, at least I know a lot about injury rehab and stuff like that. I think actually one of the biggest challenges that I find during the season is like knowing what I should do. And then as, as a, like a general person trying to take care of their body and then knowing what I have to do as an athlete, cause they are not the same yeah. thing. And it's like, it's it's trying to reconcile those two worlds and being like, yeah, okay, my knee is doing this or my shoulder is doing this. So like, what would I tell somebody or what do I know is, is the best path to getting those things back to healthy? And what kind of time am I looking at? When do I have to compete next? Can I actually take whatever time frame of, of not squatting or not going overhead or not whatever um, so trying to balance those things is actually extremely difficult. And that's one of the things that it's nice to take time for in the off season. But, you know, nowadays with more competitions and things, it's, uh, you know, there's the, it's enticing to go and compete in all these other off season events, earn some money, have some fun, uh, travel a little bit. So it's harder to set aside that time. I think it takes a lot more discipline and I don't know, we kind of joke now that like, I'm not. I'm not Justin. I'm not 22 years old looking at like another decade of CrossFit. Like um, I'm playing the back nine. So I'll just ride this wagon until the wheels fall off and fucking ride into the sunset. Um, Stephanie Christina says a new day in the life episode is out by Nate Edwardson on Pat. That's cool. Where, what, what, what you, is that on Nate's um, YouTube or is that on your YouTube, Pat? Uh, I don't have a YouTube. I think it's just on his YouTube. But why um, don't you have a YouTube? You don't have a YouTube. I don't have the time, man. I don't have the time or energy to put into that. Um, I have Dude, I have know, a YouTube you... in the sense that I put my open workouts on like my YouTube to submit them. Um, but I don't have like a vlogging YouTube like a lot of athletes are doing now. Uh, I feel like most people hire someone to do that, and I just. I don't know. I don't love I having quick... cameras around all the time either. So it just, I don't know if it's my style. I ha- I have this friend named John Brzezink. Do you know who that is? No. I maybe there's, have there's... met him somewhere, but I, I don't know. The name doesn't ring a bell. There, he, he, I made a movie about him. It's called Pooling John. If you get a chance, you should watch it. I think you'll like it. It's called Pooling it's called John. Pooling John? Okay. 
Pulling. P U L L I N G. Oh, pulling. It's about arm wrestling. It's about arm wrestling. Oh, okay, okay. And so basically, he's basically been, I guess, more or less retired from arm wrestling, let's say, for five, five to seven years, right? And recently, he's making a comeback to arm wrestling, and he started a YouTube station. And he recently posted uh, – uh, he gave someone his new iPhone 13, and he said, hey, film me doing this arm wrestling match. And it got 70,000 views, and the video is 17 minutes long, and you run ads on it, and you make a couple thousand bucks. Now, granted, he is considered the greatest arm wrestler who ever walked the planet. But he's just doing – and he's building this massive fucking following on his YouTube station just by doing live streams from, with his iPhone 13. And it's so fucking cool, and people lo- love him, love him. It, it, and I would be curious if you think like – you guys look like you're from the same gene pool. It's crazy. From the first day <laughs> I met you, I thought that there was some sort of similarity. Like you guys that like have some relationship to like the people from the Flintstone era. You know, like that look, that cartoon <laughs> drawing, you know, the Flintstones, Barney and Fred. Fred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like um, and anyway, know. you should – I think people would like to hear you talk, you know, t- 10 minutes a day on your um, – while you walk around your neighborhood with your kids strapped to you. Maybe. I don't know what I would and talk just do about. do it live. I just feel like – I don't know. I just feel like then I start trying to just fill air and I, I, don't, I don't know. Do we, need, do, we need, do we need Pat Valner's take on current events is what you got to ask yourself. I'm like, what am I contributing? If I was going to do something like that, I would probably, I would probably try to make it something tied in with like my profession, maybe create a channel like helpful with rehab tools, like things like that, various different things that I think are actually contributing something and productive. I just, I, I like don't love the idea of myself starting a blog that's just like self-servicing and like kind of just a little jack off sesh to like hear my own voice and talk about what I think about everything. Like I'm the most important mind in the world I, right now. Like I, I, I get that, but two or three times a day, especially when you're working out, don't you have like these thoughts like, Oh shit, I should probably write this down or, Oh wow. <laughs> I just unfucked myself. I, that thing I've been worrying about that was so stupid. I should, could have just done this, this and this. And you're like, man, that, and then, and then if you, if you would have wrote it down right in that moment, then you'd be like, Hey, I could talk about this later, but you forget. And it just, passes. I don't know if I'm thinking that things that profound, you might think I'm smarter than I am, but I just think when people work out, I just think when people work out, they have these epiphanies and then they go away after they're done working out. And it's kind of like, you know, your really? friend thinks they solved all the world's problems when they're stoned and yeah. they tell you later. I think and you're like, you and I probably work out idiot. slightly differently. Oh, that's true. Like you're actually working out and I have like pencil and paper next to me and I'm watching UFC yeah. fights. Yeah, I'm a lot of times I'm not thinking anything too profound. I'm either thinking like, like, but when really Owen sucks, is sitting in the corner God, watching you, he is having profound thoughts. Probably. It's nice. It's nice having the company these days. I'm usually just in the garage by myself. So when he just sits around and watches, it makes me feel cool. Do you do that? Put him like club. in a, put him in a little, like, uh, I don't even know what they're called, like a car seat or a carrier and set him in the garage and you work out. Yeah, we have kind of a rocking chair that he sits in that, um, depending, yeah, like if Michelle's doing something or she'll go do a class at the gym or something like that, and I'll just take him for, if I have to train and I'm doing it at home, I can just sit him down. It's starting to get a little cooler, so I can't do as much outside with him, but if it's in the garage, he can just chill. He's pretty good. The the, the best advice I ever got um, for when, when I had a baby your age was Chris Spieler told me at the games, hey, don't forget to burp your baby. Yeah, I, I think you told me that before. So, oh, okay. It, 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 what is the best advice you've gotten? 
Hmm, the best advice. Um, Anything that like you do every day, you're like, fuck, thank God someone showed me the swaddle. That shit is gold. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we not like not not really since he's been born, but we did a lot of uh, crowdsourcing for stuff like that before he was born. Of just yeah, all the swaddling. And I mean, it helps that <laughs> Michelle works also in um, like labor and delivery and does a lot of um, maternity health and and like baby checkups and stuff. So she's pretty dialed into like what the things that you need to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like. I, I don't yeah I don't know I feel like we most Does of the baby already feel I'm like trying yours? to do yeah he also looks like like, exactly like when you're like holding me, it so. like before you know like the first hour you're holding it you're like all afraid are you already like fuck it like like you'll just throw it on your chest when you're sweaty and just like pick it up with oh, yeah. one hand and oh, yeah, just like sure. it's just yeah it's awesome sure. isn't it yeah you're like He's this great. is crazy I think a lot of what I try to do <clears throat> is just try to like relieve any kind of anything that i can off from michelle like if she needs to have a nap even or things like that we'll just like yeah. I'll take them and do whatever walk the dog and the baby strap them on and just go um try to give her breaks whenever i can and that's kind of my more important role right now because i'm still doing lots of training and she's doing a lot of work she's on maternity leave so she's doing a lot of the work at home so whenever i get the chance that's like more my major goals I, honestly like the baby stuff's like they're, they're not that complicated like yeah. their need, their needs are very few and they're just specific. It's like, they need to eat. They need to like yeah. have a clean diaper and then, yeah, like be burped and like be held. And that's pretty much it. Like we try to spend a yeah, amount that's of time, it. like tummy timing, like there's not that much to it. Um, so we're, we're like, I, I try to make sure his basic needs are met. And then beyond that, I'll like, I like lay on the couch with him now and just sort of lay him on my belly and watch him kind of do his tummy time. And it's fun. Yeah. We, have, we try to have a fair amount of like bonding time. That's that might be one. Like I try to set aside a little bit of time to just like, you know, not have your phone or your computer out or anything and just like chill with them uh, and spend like 30 minutes of just hanging, looking right into his eyes and doing yeah, take time his, or take his mask off, take your mask off and just kind of connect. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not going to take his uh, microchip off. Are you kidding? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, do the hell are the hell do the hell's angels have a presence on your island? Yeah, like a like a big one. I don't know how big. Um, I'm not like really big enough like to where you're scared that I asked you about it. Where you're like, hey, I don't want to talk about that. Like, is it that <laughs> are they that big? No, no. Like, there's. I think that there's a fair amount of drug presence around. Maybe not so much on the island, but on the mainland for sure. And the island's a bit of a roading um, place. So anything coming from the Pacific kind of comes through those borders, right? Like it's anywhere that has ocean ports, like you're going to have issues like that. So um, I know there's like an area in town that a while back got all bought up and there's like a few houses on a block and they all got painted black. And that's like, it's like four houses in a row in this one neighborhood. And it's just like all Hell's Angels stuff. And there's just, it's like it is in everywhere that they are. Like they're kind of, there's deals obviously. And there's sort of like understandings and they don't, um, they don't do certain things or cause problem, pro problems for like small petty stuff, but they keep a lot of that small petty crime in check. Um, right. And then I, I know that there is, it's, I actually treat a few people that work in like drug enforcement and, uh, 
I always am talking to them about this kind of stuff because I'm interested. And I'm like, hey, you know, I watch Narcos. If you need a hand, like, let me know. And uh, try to get some details on what sort of investigations are going on, which they'll never give me. But I still ask every time because it's making conversation. But um, there's some of that around. I don't know. It's nothing. I don't think it's like anything crazy, crazy. There's not like um, gang violence that's really bad, I don't think. We have a bigger problem with like homelessness, opioids, like that kind of stuff here how the fuck uh, lots can you of, be homeless in canada how can you lots be homeless of alcoholism don't you die there's a lot like of that? a lot of homelessness uh just outside of vancouver i remember driving through there like yeah 10 the, 12 the years island ago the, in, the, in the lower mainland uh here how it's it's much it's just milder like we don't have as much winter here like you get we maybe snow oh, like man, once a year um, oh. and it's it's just like rainy season it's like being in seattle right <laughs> like it's like just rain oh. so a lot of homeless people will come out this way because they don't want to die. Um, so they, people will just sort of like find, I'm get coming down from Alaska. Sometimes in the winter you, you get lots of camps and things like that. So, um, you know, that's a lot of, uh, that exists. Like there's a lot of that, you know, substance abuse, addictions, um, stuff like that. So that's like a bigger problem here. I would say. Pat, have you ever, have you ever met, Miko Sela? Very briefly at Rogue in 2019. Yeah, was, he's coming again it. this year. I was I was surprised that he was making the trip uh, this year, but I think that's really cool. I think, you know, a lot of people don't know him if they're new to this sport, but he's one yeah. of the most interesting yeah. guys. What's he doing ever. there? He's competing. What's he doing? The competing? Legend, the legends? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they he's got. A, I mean, it's. I'm more impressed with their with their ability to get legends to do these competitions than uh, than the athletes they have in the open field. Like, there's a ton. I want, obviously, I want people to hear who the are promises that they make them. Yeah, that's that's okay, always what I'm wondering. Be, or if it's or if it's like a part of their contract or something. A day. Yeah. Like, we'll only have you do four events total. I promise you won't have to go overhead. Uh, nothing above like seventy percent. Because though they're old, you mean like the, what they <laughs> yeah. promised the masters athletes? <laughs> yeah. What's what's well, dude, well, I mean, I I don't know about. I think okay, I would. Rich I'm has not, to win. Unless... Like nobody go too fast. <laughs> you went too far, Pat. You went too far with that. Well, it's it's very to me. It's really there's a huge difference when I look at the women's field compared to the men's field. Like, and the women's field, there are still women like Annie Sakamoto and Becca Voigt that are very competitive in their masters divisions, like winning and podiuming yeah. and competing. And then you have people like, you know, Julie Fouché, who's showing up there, and Tanya Wagner, who's showing up there. That I'm sure they still have high levels of fitness, but it's not. They're not preparing for something like that the same yeah, way that they haven't competed. Or, yeah. Well, yeah. even the didn't Sam Briggs compete in the Legends category in 2019, and then just I competed so. as an individual <laughs> still for the next two years. I, I'm yeah, curious. I, what, so. I don't know what the criteria is to fit into the Masters category, but. Um, well, it's not it's masters. Awesome. It's just it's just legends, and so you know it no, is very I know. mystical. So, like what? So who? Yeah, exactly. I think it's probably just a bit of there. There is no criteria. It's sort of just the hand selection. What are the stuff. dates on that? What are it's the dates right, on road? right at the end of of October, twenty ninth to thirty first of October. Last yeah, day's Halloween. Halloween. We're all going to dress it? up. Yeah, we'll all dress up. Yeah, on everyone's the everyone's going to dress up as a. They're just going to trade shirts with each other. It's going to be like, ah, I'm Saxon Pancha. <laughs> oh, who could I be? Who's there? Chandler. You got to get Chandler. Be, I want to be Chandler Smith. Yeah, I got to be Chandler Smith for sure. <laughs> Dude, it's no, honestly, no, honestly yeah, though. Shit. If you dress up as Chandler, Chandler Smith, the only podcast you'll ever be welcome on again is this one. <laughs> Just so you know. 
No, not like he's saying trade jerseys. <laughs> not oh, like I thought you were talking about. The thing is, talking about going in full regalia, full regalia. I no. thought you were talking about really embracing it now. But they actually both not have, allowed to do that. They have identical colored hair right now. I think. Yeah, true. <laughs> Didn't he go with the blonde again? Yeah. So or, yeah, or maybe he posted yeah, an old maybe. picture. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if he's like it's old photos either. But he might have the like platinum blonde look going again. Hey, if he went as you and you went as him, you might be able to get a pass. <laughs> I still don't, I don't know. It's risky. I don't it's risky. So. I don't know if you want to risk it. I don't know if you want to risk it. I don't think so. Yeah, I better see. Although maybe sorry. he's stealing my hair color, right? I don't know. Is there something there? Probably not. I'm just kidding. You're an, oppre- you're an oppressed man. <laughs> Patrick, um, this is probably like obviously the most popular show I've done in fucking weeks because you're such a stud. And I appreciate you coming on and letting me steal some of your mojo. Or it's Brian. Brian hasn't been on probably as long as since the last time you've been on. So, fuck, maybe it's Brian. I, I, I need more data. He, he baited me. Brian. He, he, he baited me by bringing my, my best friend, my pretend best friend. Oh, yeah. It's a good strategy. I mean, the only way I can get uh, Brian on is if I have you da- or Danielle Brandon on. That's the only. I came on the other night. Neither of them were there. That's true. That's true. And then for 20 minutes, you came on for 20 minutes. We beat up on you. And That's you not left. true. I told you 20 minutes and I gave you 25. That's correct. That is true. Oh, gracious. You guys go to Nate Edwardson's um, uh, YouTube channel. Um, he's a good filmmaker. Uh, I think I think he's a relatively good dude. But more importantly, he covered Pat Vellner. Check out that video. That's awesome. He is a um, good dude. Go t- I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure it's awesome, though. Uh, go to the Rogue Classic and cheer on um, Pat Vellner. Um, he is going to kick ass, um, even though he's only operating at about ninety nine point three percent. If you please support Brian Friend from not getting canceled, um, he doesn't have a sexist bone in his body. He only has one bone in his body, and uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, looking forward to your article coming out and stirring up some drama, Brian. I'm sure you know. I'm, I'm sure it will 